You, traveller, what do you know of this land? Do you wish to learn of its law? Come, <laughs> rest your weary feet and warm yourself by the fire. Let's share some mead, listen to tales of misadventure, and learn of Tamriel's rich history with the law seekers. <laughs> ah, here they are now. Jibs and cash. This is good. Man, you're easy. Yeah. You're well, easy. I... You're very easy to please. You know what that mm. is? That's a mountain goat. Oh. Uh, family show. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it's smoked mountain I mean, goat. You can't get much better than that. And that is seasoning it grass fed? we picked up? It's got to be grass-fed. Uh, they're all grass-fed. Mm. Okay. Oh, hey, look who's here. Hey, welcome. Welcome back. Cash, give him the hookup, my man. Here you go, my friend. I hope you like homebrew, because we're almost out. Mm, it's true. We may have to, stout. May have to uh, consult our friends for some rot meth. <laughs> Not happening. I will make I will make uh, the most lazy, terrible stout ever mm. before I drink rot meth again. <laughs> was, that stuff is poop. It was so bad. It was a Kajiti. Did you bring a Kajiti with Freaking you? Kajiti. Yes, snuck in camp. Mm, all right, right on. Go, go away, kitty. That's a bad kitty. <laughs> no kitty, get out, kitty. <sighs> so what's up, man? It's been a week. We've been traveling, but what's been crackling? Oh, nothing much, man. Other than PvP. PvP. Actually, you know what? And a lot of it. Yeah. Before we jump into that, because I know you have a lot to say, I have a lot to say that I haven't told you about yet. Let's welcome everybody. Sound good? Yeah, welcome everybody. That's great. What? You, there's stuff you haven't told me? No. Who does that? I know, right? It's like we're supposed to be friends or something. Anybody, welcome everybody. This is episode three, volume two of the Lord Secrets podcast. I am Jibs and my counterpart, Cash. Yes, I am here. We are still in the wilderness. It's been a very, very fruitful week mm -hmm. and I want to get down to the bottom of what Jibs hasn't told me. Uh, well, I'm excited. Well, you know, because last week I just started a Magblade. And so this week I'm now, now we're recording a little bit earlier in the week, so there may be some things we may not cover this week on the show just because it may have been released at a later time. But that being said, I'm currently sitting at 37 on my Magblade. I like it. Today, I was, today was such a proud day. I attained Corporal rank from PvP. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. I was able to, the, for the first time ever, to buy one of those 500,000 uh, Alliance points style pages. I got the uh, militant headpiece for because my guy's dumber, so, you know, got to represent. Yeah, he's dumber than most. I'm dumb. And I got Max Vampire today, so I'm pretty proud of that. Wow. And I got Battleground Butcher on my second tune. That's pretty dirty. I'm so excited. That's I love the Magblade. It's so much fun. Dude, yeah. here's the funny part. Yeah. When we started this show not so long ago, mm. I did a rhyme. We were not PvPers. No, not at all. <laughs> what in RK's name has happened to us? I don't know. Like, I feel like, well, I, we definitely wanted to be able to educate the peoples. We felt, I mean, if we're going to be talking and, and teaching new players, we had to experience it ourselves. And so I think that was an underlying, the underlying factor. But 
I think when we both tried it and we both just got our arses handed to us, we realized like, oh, we really need to dedicate time. So yeah. here we are. Yeah, and uh, really, really enjoying it. And it's funny because when we hop in, usually in the mornings now, we used to have a morning dungeon group that would run. And now it's almost ravenous. We just pop in when we wanted and we just be like, oh yeah, hey guys, what's going on? Let's run dungeons, like super mellow. And now it's like, everybody's texting each other. We need heels. We need more deeps. Get in here. It's time for battlegrounds. I don't care what you're doing. That's hilarious. That's like the old school days of other MMOs. You know, when you need assistance. I like it. I like this going into my old age, my friend. This is good stuff. So I got a little tale to tell too. Mm -hmm. So that's a bad kitty. (laughs) So I have a, a new character. And it was funny because I got a couple of text messages while I was in character creator saying, get out of character creator. So I ignored them. <laughs> That's hilarious. And yeah. So was it I, yes, a couple okay. of guildies. And I went ahead and rolled a pure healer tanky Templar. Tell me that's not fun, right? Oh boy. So resto staff front bar. Sword and board, back bar. It's a dots gaming build. It's a really good one. I tried all casts build. I love you, Mr. All Cast. But I just like this one a little bit better because I'm more of a caster player. And I love having my resto staff, especially mm-hmm. on my front bar. And then you still get the benefit of having all the Templar skills and the resto Healy skills. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. So within probably three hours of gameplay, he's level 16. I dove headfirst into PvP as soon as I could, and he is making a difference on the battlefield. I'm super happy about it. I cannot wait to continue playing him. I will be playing him immediately after the show <laughs> and hopefully making a difference in a PvPer's life somewhere. Yeah. They are so much fun, and that's what uh, I've I got mine to max. That was what I was working on pretty much, and it is so you will carry a team with the Templar. It will be because of you with your heals, the sheer amount of sustain that you will provide, that you will win. Simply because the obvious part of is you know your teammates are staying on the battlefield. Even if they don't have great DPS, they'll just outlast just because they have the heals and they can't kill you. Right. Like, so at, even at these low levels, I, this is my style of gameplay. I love support classes. I, I mm-hmm. like healing anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm staying in the back I have a couple of great skills on my bar for, you know, knockdown, pretty powerful. Like my sun my sunfire is pretty powerful. Dude, I'm level 16 and I'm able to knock people down, hit them hard, retreat to the back, throw some heals, throw some heavy attacks on with my uh my resto staff to get resources back and rinse repeat. Somebody's running away with the relic, not so fast. Blammo. Knock them on their, you know, right on their back. They fall right on their face so everybody can catch up to them and just pounce on them while I'm just throwing heels. Oh, my gosh, it's fun. Let me ask you this. Do you have, I forget the ability's name. Not Ad- I don't know if it's Adriac Spear where you throw it and they will they will literally fall backwards and slide. That is the one. Yeah, that is That is the one, and it is a lot of fun to throw. And the range, hello. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's good. Really cool. It's so good. Well, good, man. That's awesome. We both had successful weeks. Yay for yes. success. Are you yes. enjoying uh, Mid-Year Mayhem? 
I'm really enjoying Mid-Year Mayhem. Uh, on my Sork, I was playing a lot towards the beginning of the week on my PvP Sork, and I've got pretty much everything maxed out. Um, I mean, I'm just like one achievement away from getting the... I don't know, what's Starcross Levers or whatever it's called? Mm-hmm. You get the little wreath? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. I'm one achievement away from getting that, and now I think I'm going to do it all over again on my temp. That's awesome. I, I honestly think I am. I'm just, I'm really like. It's so much fun. You know how I get. I get super giddy when I get into my characters, and so this is what I'm doing. You know, the great thing about that that uh, Templar you got, you could easily carry that over into PvP, or PvE, I'm sorry. Oh, yes, and I will. And I ha- actually have a healing Templar that I like mm-hmm. to heal on, but I really like the tanky feel. Yeah. It's like, good luck killing me. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty awesome. Well, that's good, man. Awesome. Well, good weeks all around, huh? Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, again, welcome back to the show. So happy to have you here. Uh, this week on the show, we got all kinds of stuff that we're talking about. We got release dates, finally, for Wolf Hunter, the upcoming DLC. So we're going to be going over that. We got the ESO Crown Store Showcase for August. And let me tell you, if you can work some overtime... Work some overtime because your bank account's going to be screaming after you see all the goodies coming out of that. Yeah, it's going to be stupid. Yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, and then, lore lesson on the aliens. Yes. So there's that. It's also very appropriate, just like our lore lesson on the Imperials of last week, mm-hmm. as we are in, still in the region of Reaper's March. It's a very sinister stuff has happened mm-hmm. in our little storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, which also brings up something real quick. But yes, we are covering the aliens today, um, especially with Cyrodiil. We're doing a lot of stuff in Cyrodiil, so it's very relevant that we cover the aliens. But um, just a real quick mention that... Not real quick. Um, Take your time. Okay. No, we'll do... We'll do this. Well, I got two things to mention first. Oh. The first oh. one is keep in mind, although we have that storyline going on, You don't have to take part in that if you don't want to. The storyline is, you know, kind of just hinted at during the show. And then after the show is when you're going to get your your bits of storyline that Jibs and I are writing for the Lore Seekers. So don't feel like you have to listen to that. You don't. If you're not into the kind of the RP thing, then just, you know, cut it off after we're done. But we're still going to deliver the same show that you came for. I, I think there was confusion. Some, just, somewhere yeah, along the line. That, heard a few but, little things, and I don't want anybody to worry about it. We're not changing the show. Six, no. We're just adding a third dimension That's right. to the show. It's at the end of the show. That's you want to listen, you listen. If you don't, you hit stop. And we'll yeah. be back next week to fill your ear holes with more, you guys. So. Yeah. so it's all good. Can I do the other announcement now? Do you want me to lead it in for you? Let me give you a big lead in? Sure. Okay. So... All those many months ago, I say many, I don't know how many it's been now, but we launched our guild, and we've seen a lot of people. We almost ha- Now we have, I think, I don't even know if you know this, you know we have almost 400 people in our Discord right now? It's ridiculous. Uh, oh. Yeah, right? Um, and a lot of great people have come in there, and uh, we love the members, and there's been particular people who really invest themselves in the guild. Right, Cash? Yes. Absolutely, and um, we could not have asked for a better community. I think this has really blown both Jibs and I away and our leadership <sighs> yeah. team away, for sure. 
Um, so we last week we got a suggestion from one of our folks, one of our very loved members, John. You know who you are. Um, about possibly giving some type of some type of award to a certain person within our guild who has been amazing, absolutely amazing. And we decided to take it a step above and beyond and actually create an award for guild members. And if you run a guild yourself, this could be something that you might be interested in doing. This is kind of the first time that I've ever done it in in a guild that I've ever ran. But we wanted to recognize a person in particular and the actions of others in the future that truly make a difference in our community. So we have come up with an award. And I'm not going to give away who it is yet or what it's called, but I am going to say this. This award is going to be given to a member of our community that has gone above and beyond to benefit the community in a multitude of ways. This member displays a true spirit of what the Lore Seekers Guild and the ESO community is about as a whole. And for this one in particular, also you have to have a kick-ass accent. But I guess that kind of probably gave it away to our guild members. But anyway... This award that we're going to give is called the Blood Eye Award, and it is going to be given out to our very, very beloved member of our guild. And she's also a member of several other guilds, but we love her so much. Uh, she's been amazing. She has been running yes. our trials in the most patient, yes, oh my gosh, yes. successful, knowledgeable way that we could have ever, ever imagined. And she's taken folks who have never run a dungeon before and got them successfully through trials just with kindness. And she, and then it's not only that, she continues to run people through content, put on events for our guild. So anyway, without further ado, we are going to present the very first Blood Eye Award to Blood Eye. Yay! Thank Congrats you. All we are clapping. We yes. are clapping. Yes. Clap. Thank G. you. Clap. Much love to you. And when I say you have to have a kick-ass accent, Blood Eye is from Melbourne, Australia. And that was terrible, but she is amazing. And everybody (laughs) loves her accent. She hates it. Everybody loves it. Um, So anyway, uh, Blood Eye is going to be getting a very special title in Discord and then a very special award in-game that was very generously donated by some incredibly important people. And we will not go any further than that. But... Blood Eye, thank you. Congratulations. And we hope to see a lot more of you. And you're just amazing. Agreed. I think it's important to highlight and promote people who are awesome. And I know we'll see more of that as well. And more of these awards go out. That's for sure. Agreed. But anyway, congratulations, Blood Eye. So uh, without further ado, you ready to uh, do a show? I mean, that's why they're here. They're not here for us. Maybe a pinch. I don't, uh, something called a podcast? Apparently we're... Uh, I mean, unless I'm missing something. Are we queuing up right now? All right. Whatever. Let's do <laughs> All this right. Well, hang on a second. I got some, I got some news. It, the town crier was a little over the top. She gave me too much this week. Hang on a second. Well, cut some of it off. I got PvP to do, what? pal. Yeah, me too. Uh, ha! Here we are. Okay, so uh, let's jump in the news for the week. This week on the show, we finally... Have, this was revealed over uh, the Twitter, the official Twitter at Tiso Online. 
Um, actually, I guess it would be like, if you're going to pronounce it, at T-E-S online. Twitter feed, we have Wolf Hunter Update 19 launch dates. This is coming to us on August 13th for PC and Mac. And August 28th for Xbox One and PlayStation 4. So yay! Woo! It's coming up. Excited. Good it's coming things. quick. Good things. Good things. But they uh, kind of always do it that way. I mean, they, they just you know they they hype stuff up, yep. and then before you know it, you're like, oh my god, I got to take time off work. It's like next week. Yeah, I like it when stuff. And I know you're a fan of this too, um, mainly because of the way Fallout Four was announced. But I love that the way that it's done when companies hold cards close to their hand, and then you know it's it's announced, and then not very long after it's released. I yep. think that's perfect. It is Bethesda. That's yeah. Bethesda. That's Bethesda right there. I love they it. They do it right. They could put on a clinic on this stuff, yo. Right? Oh my gosh. Yep. One oh one, baby. One oh one. I I do understand, you know, there's probably gonna be some people upset, especially if you're on console. I get that. My I guess my point of view is I don't know I'm assuming this is to help with focus between the the PC crowd and the console crowd to make sure each is getting the proper attention, particularly when it comes to promoting it. Except I know when they staggered the Somerset release, like they had a whole like market social media marketing campaign that just kind of like took off between PC and then when they started ramping up console. So I get if you guys are bummed, and I'm sorry. You can buy a PC if you want. You can come play with us. Ooh, don't yeah, don't do the old PC master race thing because that's when the hate mail no, that I'm not. No, no, no. comes in. No, hang on, let me clarify. I am a console guy too. I feel your pain. Trust me, I love Xbox, like ridiculously love it. So I'm there with you. I feel you. But we don't have to wait too long. Yeah, that's not too where long. you've been. What do you mean? That's where I've been. <laughs> I know you've been PvPing, dude, a ton. You don't on know PC. me. You don't on know PC. me. Oh, oh yeah, I don't know. You, you. don't know me. All right, so anyway, we got that coming out, uh, what, August, so look for it. And actually, release day would be the beginning of August, so hey, this month, baby. Yeah. Xbox, we got a PS4. We got to wait a little bit, that's all right. Yeah. I was furiously looking at my work calendar. I'm like, oh, am I working? Am I womp, womp, womp? You are, aren't you? You always work. You always work on every major release. I can just about expect it now. Hey, bro. That's how you roll. Stuff ain't going to slow down just because there's games I want to play. Well, it should. (laughs) Yeah. In the perfect world. In the perfect world, everything would stop for me. (laughs) Yeah. In the perfect world, I'd be getting paid for everything that's fun. Yeah. And none of the stuff that's not fun. And then I wouldn't do those things. Yeah. Yeah. Although I love my job, so it's fun. So I guess it's a perfect world. Agreed. Yeah. Hey, if you you know if you're on console and you're waiting around, and uh, I've seen a lot of apps come in lately uh, for the Lore Seekers Guild, and we have we're on every platform: PC, Xbox One, and PS4. So if you are, you know, if you're with the rest of the group that are waiting and you don't want to wait by yourself, come join the guild. We have excellent guild leaders when it comes to console. Fairgall, and then we've got Never Separate and Caddy Jacks heading up PS4. Uh, fantastic people it's such a welcoming group if you're tired of gaming by yourself i've seen a lot of people saying they're for the first time they're just looking to get into groups and so they want to meet people this is truly a great way to do that so 
wait together. Don't wait by yourself. Come over and we can chit chat and meet and greet and all that good stuff. So it's all good. I do have to add to that though. Okay. We are only on North American. Yes. PC, Xbox, and PS4. It does not mean that we do not want an EU group for all of for everything. If you are a Lore Seekers fan, um, if you want a great community to join and you have leadership experience in games and you are interested and you are EU on any platform, feel free. Starts. Feel free to you know join up with us. We are we're still looking to open up communities for EU on all platforms. Um, yeah, we looking want for to quality do that. people. Yes, we are about good quality. We love it. We love it. Anyway, so yeah, you can come join up. We can all and even, there, we have people too who join that that play. They don't play ESO just yet, but they're playing like Skyrim or they're playing um, even going back to Morrowind or Oblivion. You are more than welcome to join. We want to talk to you. We want to chat with you, so you can do that as well. Uh, so that is the announcement for the date. And the next one we got here is the Crown Store Showcase for August 2018. You know, we go through these every time, they, just about every time. I think the only time we missed one was when we were off preparing for Volume 2's release of the show, but we cover these just about every time they release, and so we're going to go through, top to bottom, everything that's coming with the Crown Store in August 2018. So to start it off, <laughs> you know what, this piece is actually isn't bad. So we're going to go through this here. First up is costumes. So if you are into costumes, I know I'm rocking one right now from a vampire magblade. Well, we got some new stuff coming. You mean the wedding dress? Yeah, no, not the wedding dress. That's only for uh, Friday night, Friday night fights. Friday is that night. for date night with cash? That's no, that's for date night with. Okay, yeah, fine. Dude, yeah. you're a terrible wilderness wife. I'm just throwing that out there. Terrible. <laughs> you suck, and I hate you. All right, God, anyway. I'm like I have this companion. I'm like, oh yeah, I picked this guy to be my 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 uh, my wilderness wife companion, and then he sucks at it. Get well, better. There's only so much I can do because you know I married the barmaid. I don't know if anyone else knows that. You know, they do now. Things. Totally. <laughs> they do now. They definitely do now. Yep. Uh, so anyway, costumes. First up, we've got the Ken Lords Alanor attire. This is actually pretty cool looking. This is going to look good dyed. Um, this will be available on all platforms starting on August 16th. The quote here is even if you are even if you're not a kin lord, every high elf is a noble at heart and wants something in his wardrobe suitable for attendance at Eleanor's royal palace. This majestic elven ensemble is just the thing. So long story short, it's just a massive tunic, I guess. That kind of reminds me of a knight's tale, actually. But it's, you know, it's very high elven, it's got all the gold trimmings and all the you know the lacing. It's very regal. It's very snooty. It's snooty. And <laughs> I, I lull because I am an Ultimer. So it's, it's douchey. I'd totally wear it. Yeah, I would too. I would too. Actually, doesn't. I think that would look great dyed, to be honest with you. That's the great thing about ESO with the whole outfit system is not only can you dye your armor, but you can totally dye your costumes and your hats. It's fantastic. So there's that. Uh, next up is my personal favorite, and I want it so bad. I feel like this has vibes of Sauron from Lord of the Rings meets, I don't know, ESO 
scale caller. Uh, this is the Renegade Dragon Priest. This will be available on all platforms for a limited time from August 23rd to the 27th. So you can get this for within four days. All right, so I'm gonna be around for four days. This quote: Sure, Dragon Priests were evil overlords who ruled mortals in the name of tyrannical Dova. But what a fashion sense they had! <laughs> what? <laughs> Now you can adopt the appearance of the Renegade Dragon Priest from Scalecaller. This looks good. Uh, if you've been in the Scalecaller Peak Dungeons, it's pretty much very much the style of the dragon. It's very uh, it's very ornate. Got a lot of uh, metal pieces that are stacked on top of each other. Makes it look really layered. It's very battle magey. It's got like um, it's got like um, chainmail underneath. Yeah. Yeah, like a like a long to your knees, like chainmail queer ass. Yeah, and then um, it's got uh, like the gold gold armor plating all the way down the legs. Yeah, and kind of a it's kind of an interesting vibe with those uh, that armor plating <laughs> on the legs. It's got a very horny mask. Oh my gosh! What? <laughs> what? By the way, just to make just to be clear, for those of you who didn't understand that catch that earlier, Cash was referring to what many people also say, Curris. So just note that that's the way that you actually pronounce it. So yeah, Quiris. Yeah, Quiris. Yep, and that's a horny it. mask. And yeah. all right, so you can get that uh, from August twenty third to twenty seventh. So moving on to hats. This uh, this first one's definitely big in Cash's department. I'm sure the Reveries. We're getting new Reveries masks. So we're getting a Darth Maul uh, with a hood. Yeah, pretty much, and it looks pretty awesome, actually. Yes, it does. The, the oper- operatic mask pack. This will be on all, available on all platforms starting on August thirtieth. So a couple days, console players right after Wolf Hunter drops, you can pick this up. This is quote theatric. Go theatrical for more melodramatic House of Reveries masks, including the flower vine. Red- oh, you like that one. Visage, quarto, and veiled masks. Flower vine. Let me try to read this in the way it's probably. Flower vine is chosen when an actor must represent growth, nature, or an aspect of Yafri. Yafre. When the red visage appears on set, Yafri's tragedy. Fine too. <laughs> the quarto is the face of the unreliable narrator, and the veiled, 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 veiled. It's veiled. Oh my veiled word! Mask Your words are just broken. Just whose <laughs> motives are obscure. Whew. End quote. So yeah, you pick this up. Cool looking masks. I mean, yeah, I don't know are. how to describe these. There are a bunch of different face paints, and there is one that legitimately looks like Darth Maul, and probably a hint of Darth Nihilus if you played Old Republic. It does. I like it. I want oh. that one. But the problem is, is I wonder, can you, mm. you know, you get all four of them, huh? Yeah, it's a pack. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, because I don't think I'd wear any of the other ones. They're yeah. a little too girly for me. And then one looks like he's an Oregon State football fan. <laughs> um, so there's that. It's so true. Yep. Oh, man. But the Darth Maul one's really cool. So it's like it a cool. black foundation and then kind of an ornate, you know, red it's like a red looking, skull. Actually, it looks like ovaries just kind of put on the face. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like ovaries in a uterus. I'm just throwing it out there. Why? But I like it. 
Why? I like it. Why does this happen? Why does what happen? Now that's all I see. <laughs> I didn't cuss. I, I, I said it cleanly. Now I can't enjoy the Star Wars references I had now. Now yeah, I well, see a massive body part. Yeah. Darn you. Dar- it's a Darth Overy mask. <sighs> oh my gosh. Help me. Help me, people. Help me. Anyway. You know it would be good? No. We'll move on to the next one. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, so anyway, you can get those starting on August 30th. Wow. Oh my gosh, wow. All right, so coming up in crafting department. Oh, another uh, horny mask. You crown. This is a family show. The crown, Not anymore. The crown crafting motif. Dread, <laughs> dread horn style. No, I'm not editing this out. I'm sorry this bothers any of you, but dagnabbit. Dread I'm not even style. drinking mead. We're drinking coffee. Like, I'm drinking coffee. There's no reason why this should be happening. I guess we're just giddy. This is what happens when when you don't talk to somebody for a long time, I guess. I don't know. Uh, crown crafting motif. Dread horn style. This will be available on all platforms starting on August 30th. Before I describe what this looks like to use, his quote, Wayward sons and daughters embrace Damahas and set to work to outfit our reborn clan as the Dreadhorn. It's from quote, end quote of uh, Gary Bullblood. Uh, this is the this is kind of modeled after the DLC. Uh, gosh, what's that DLC? I forget the name of it. Is the it Dreadhorn? Uh, um, the bowl. Uh, horn, horns of the reach. Horns of the reach. Horns of the reach. Oh, horns of the reach. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looks kind of like the things that you would run into in Falkreath. Yeah. That's yep. that's appropriate. Yep. Yep. Very. Uh, this is very has hints of Skyrim with it. You've got the, uh, I don't know, I feel like this is something, was it Dovahkin? Was that his name? Yeah, yeah. kind of. it's kind of barbaric in yeah. look. Yeah. Um, shoulder you know, shoulder some, blades uh, of fur. Looks like there's some some teeth adorning the female uh, version of this. And, you know, it's got some tattered areas, so it makes it look, you know, pretty rustic and primal. But the mask, the helmet, yeah, is what really sticks out. I mean, it really looks like... A bull. Yeah. This is a pretty cool. ornate metal bull. Yeah. Looks pretty cool. So if you're into that. Yeah. I tell you what, I saw a golden... What was it? I think someone on Discord posted somebody was just a complete golden bull. That was their outfit. So that was pretty funny. So yeah, if you're into that, well, if you like the Minotaurs, you can definitely uh, look like one. Yep. It's cool. uh, we also got outfit styles. Woo, buddy. All right. So... We got the Alambris packets out right now. Well, starting, actually only available from the 29th of August to September 26th, we have the Molag Kina Arms Pack. You can arm yourself like a monarch of the... Oh, crap. Zivkin. This pack includes a complete set of outfit styles for Molag Kina weapons that match the Undaunted Awards. Now... If you guys remember last episode, this is a very limited thing that they're going to be doing different every month. Uh, the Molag Kina mask style page will also have a chance to drop from the final boss in White Gold Tower Dungeon, which that's a brutal dungeon if you've never done it before. Just hold on to the reins for that carry because, whoo, that's first time through. That may be a little brutal with those mechanics. But the uh, Molag Kina shoulder style page, you can pick it up from the... <laughs> 
Ergar Lag, my goodness, Chief Bane's Undaunted Chest. They so, did good. I, I like these because they uh, they are adorned with lightning. Yes, this looks They're good. Really cool designs, and yeah. um, the bow for you uh, bow users is really cool looking. Yeah. Um, and but every I, one of I them is adorned with lightning. Yeah. I like the... You know, I'm a fan of the Alambrus pack. Um, I'm not getting it for two reasons. One, it's really expensive. It, it, yeah, it's, they're not cheap. No, it's really not cheap. I mean, I would love it because it would go with the the, the Magblade vibe going on with the flame staffs and all that, but it's just too much. And But I like this better than the Alambrus because my only beef... Not really a beef. It's just something that personally sticks out to me that, that like that's what I see when I look at the Alambrus pack. The animations for the the flame. I don't. There's something about it that just it it doesn't feel like it's all that smooth looking or like the way that it appears. That's what I'm trying to say. The way that it, it looks, it doesn't look all that smooth. It almost looks like a little blurry. And I when I see this Alambrus or the uh, the Molakina, it just looks a little bit clearer. And lightning staffs in general, if you are a Sork or you're running a destruction staff, they're awesome anyway. So, Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing with these is they're, they're going to appeal to different folks. They're going to appeal to yeah. the, the collector, for one, because they're Absolutely. limited time things. And, you know, the collectors are going to want as much of the stuff, as, you know, obviously people with some significant disposable income because right. they're not that cheap but um and then at the mm-hmm. same time they're going to appeal to people like like us who play you know i play sork as a main and he happens to be a lightning shocky shocky type up. of sork oh, so yeah. this stuff does appeal to me right you right. know this set i like it i do too i look forward and i, I know i said this last week Whenever, man, whenever companies do stuff like this, you know, where they start some whole new, like, offshoot of, you know, like, additions to the game, it's always when it's, it's not always at the beginning. It always seems like it's six months down the road whenever awesome stuff really starts to show up um, and in the store. first, And it's just, you know, when they get really extravagant and really creative. So that's what I look forward to. I want to see where this is at. Yeah, well, I mean, now they, now they have the time. You know, they got yeah. time to put teams on on doing new stuff like this and keeping this constant stream of new content that we always talk about is coming out. This is part of it. Right. Items in the store and new looks and right. all that stuff is, is all part of a constant stream of content that's coming out. And you, man, you can max out a character and get through, you know, as much content as you want, but you're still going to be in the minority if you have finished all the content in this game within yep. the time frame that it takes for another DLC to come out. It's yeah. very rare, I think. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. I love it. You guys are doing a great job with this whole thing. The flame yeah. not be necessarily my thing, but I love it. I love it all. I'm glad you guys are doing it. Absolutely. Uh, the next thing coming out is the, obviously, Wolf Hunter DLC. And if you missed that earlier, August 13th for PC Mac, August 28th for console. Xbox One and PS4. Now, it wouldn't be a DLC release if we didn't have a collector's bundle to go with it. So what we're looking at here is the Wolf Hunter collector's bundle. This will be available when Wolf Hunter launches, and it includes the following. Silver Dawn Argent Charger Mount, the Noble Silver Danian Werewolf Tracker, 
and more. That's all they're telling us right now. So that tells me we're getting a, an article release. What do you think of that stuff? Um, well, I have been waiting for a long time for a mountain lion. Mm -hmm. A long time. So I will definitely be buying the Senche Cougar. Hang on, That's we're not huge. even there yet. Oh, sir. I love him. I, I love I, him I, so bad. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wait a minute. Where's the cinch? How is he a cinch? Is he a dog oh with armor? Oh my god, I want him right now. I want him today. Right? Yeah. You know, I know that... Yeah, sorry, dude. I know I totally jumped down, but I saw like Marmaduke and a horse. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool stuff. Right. And then I started scrolling down, yep. and there's a cougar. Yep, it's a cougar. It's pretty awesome. We'll get to that in a second. But this dog, like when anytime I see, anytime I see any addition to this game, that it's, you know, when it has armor, <laughs> I always go back to the very first DLC that launched for Oblivion, which was horse armor. And the backlash and ridicule, ridicule and jokes that were talked about with it. You remember that? Like, all those years ago? Nope. Yeah, that was the thing. Horse Armor was the first DLC. I believe, I could be wrong, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I think it was the Horse Armor DLC. And everyone was just like, what? That's it? That's all we're getting? So that's that's all I see when I... Oh, I see. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, dog with horse armor. Horse with armor. Looks good. Love it. Uh, next thing up is furniture, and this is probably, in my opinion, one of the cooler ones they've done. Uh, this is the, oh, where is it out here? Tyrants of the Merithic Furnishing Pack. This will be available. Are you laughing? No. <laughs> it's Merithic. Dang it, why does everything in this game have to be so hard to pronounce? Like, oh, we've only gone over Merithic about 40 times in lore lessons. Yeah, it's an era. I know. It's just... Oh, God. sometimes I want to give you just a big old tight hug and just squeeze the breath right out of you. Just squeeze the stupid right out? For just a second. Just a second. And then give it back to you. And then give it back. All right. And that's kind of <laughs> weird. Sorry. Oh, I love you, Sorry. buddy. You make me lol. We <laughs> Will be this will be available on all platforms from August twenty third to August twenty seventh. Quote: These relics date back to the height of the Dragon Cult's power, long before the bloody revolution of the Dragon War. Though this particular dragon's name is long forgotten, its story is still told by the ancient. Fr what is that? I've never even seen this word. I'm sorry. What is this? Frizes? Yeah, told by the ancient Frizes found in his barrow. His name is forgotten. His name's Frank. If, you're, if he's in my house, his name's Frank. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Doesn't he look like a Frank? Absolutely. The skeleton, just go. the pure skeleton form, definitely says Frank to me. Yep. I mean, that's the name I got from it. I'm right. Told when you. I see skeletal dragons, that's the first name I think of is Frank. <laughs> yep. Or Eugene. Or Eugene. That's a yep. solid second. Maybe Eugene Steve. has more of a horny head. Yep. Yeah. Definitely has that. Um, so, <laughs> this uh, furnishing pack, man, what is going on with this today? This furnishing pack is. I, here's why I say it's probably one of the cooler ones they've done. I don't know how. What would you call this? Just like picture, like tomes, like just, just. Uh, they're scenes? like 
Yeah, they're kind of like wall adornments. I guess, you know, maybe they're, they're like huge. mini versions of... Remember those walls in Skyrim? That, um, yeah. that were like carved? So it's, it's yeah. large pieces of stone. And there's looks like there's four of them. Maybe five. That have like scenes like battle scenes or you know scenes of some type of landscape with with a dragon and people and right carved into the face of it and then they look like they could be set it's kind of like the size of a bookshelf like one of the main size bookshelves that you could put up against your wall um but they're cool looking yeah i agree it's um it like cash said you know it's carved and almost like the story the the images are telling a story kind of thing um, very cool. Very cool looking. Very yeah, cave. There's urns friendly. and yeah. skulls and what else is there? A whole bunch of urns. It looks like there's a there's a pyre. Not a pyre, but a um what do you call that? A brigier. There's a brigier there. That's how you say mm-hmm. that? Yeah, brigier. Did hmm. what let me guess, do you call it brasier? We don't need to talk about it. Oh my god. <laughs> You're so, mid- was- You're so <laughs> Midwestern, Tamriel. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm so Indian <laughs> right now. Okay, hurry up. Let's talk about the cougar. Man, I feel bad for my state. I am not representing it well at all. Uh, so, mounts. we got some new mounts coming to the game. One of them being the Cinch Cougar. This will be available on all platforms from August 16th to August 20th. Quote the cliffs and escarpments of East Central... Ellsweir are the home of the nimble and sure-footed cinch cougars who prowl oh, the rocks, God. hunting goats in... What? What? Elsewhere. Elsewhere. How am I supposed to get that off that? Like, other than here? Yeah. Elsewhere. Well... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying so hard. <laughs> Who prowl the rocks hunting goats and marmots. Inevitably, they've been domesticated by the feline cousins, the Kajiti. Dang it, I can't help it that these... this It's like hidden pronunciations. It's Ooh. killing me. We have some members of our guild that are probably not going to like this cougar because they flat out said he hunts goats. We have a very large goat following. Yeah, what the heck's going guild. on with our Discord and guild right now? It's the whole like hilarious. goat love. What I don't. It's hilarious. I don't. <laughs> it, honestly, it makes me lol. There are so many people that are absolutely in love with goats. It makes me laugh. There's yeah. that. There's uh. So yeah, cinch cinch mount. Uh, for long story short, yeah, it's a cougar, but it's. It's tan, and then this bottom half looks like it was dipped in chocolate. I don't know, mud. Yeah, it looks like he's like he went hunting in the mud bogs or something, and he's got a he's got some dirty feetsies, but he's really cool. Yeah, very cool. I am in. I will be purchasing this dude. Mm. We it. also have this Silver Dawn Argent Charger. This is one of the ones you get from the collector's bundle, by the way. Uh, this is available from. Actually, it's available when Wolf Hunter launches. So there's that. You can buy it separately. You want to read the you want to read the uh, the quote on this one? I'm gonna I'm gonna back off for a minute. Take a breather. Oh, this one's this, actually easy. There's got to be a freaking booby trap in here somewhere. Oh, go ahead. I I prom- I right. still swear it's okay. 
Werewolf hunting is a dirty and largely thankless business, but when a Silver Dawn member mounts their resplendent Argent Charger, they feel like the hero they really are. Sure, it's showy, but as a defender of society against the vicious, you deserve it, Jibs. I hate you the so much. Silver Dawn Argent Charger will be available on all platforms with the launch of Wolf Hunter and Update 19 on PC Mac on August 13th, and Xbox One and PlayStation 4 on August 28th. You tried extra hard not to screw up just so you'd show me up, didn't you? Yep. Dude, I'm firing <laughs> on all cylinders today, pal. <laughs> uh, for pets, we've got the Great Danian Hound. This will be available on all platforms from August 2nd to August 6th. It says, quote, The Great Danians are gigantic hounds bred as protectors and companions of the Beldama Word Weird Coven. <laughs> Despite their size and strength, they are surprisingly gentle, except when roused to the defense of their masters. This will be available from August 2nd to August 6th. So yeah, There's that. Uh, we got the Fire Pet Spider. If you are a Dweamer fan, well, you're going to like this. This is available from August 9th to August 13th. In Clockwork City, mechanical fire pot spiders can be programmed to follow chefs around like little walking barbecues. Man, wouldn't that be awesome? Portable barbecue that follows around. Someone has devised a secret method for exporting them from Sothasil's hidden world as fire pets. But how? Better get one while you still can. That's, that's a tease. I need a quest line for that. Okay. Curse of the fire pet spiders. All I <laughs> know. Fire pot spiders. All I know is that we have a ringtail. There's a ringtail. It's about time. We have Eleanor ringtails available mm-hmm. for you. Cute little thing, isn't it? Of course, what I care about is that a ringtail, properly trained, can get into places no one else can and carry out small items in their cheek pouches. I need cheek pouches. Lost goods, as it were, or misplaced valuables, right? And that was a quote by Fenerol. If you're trying to picture this, it's like a mix between a squirrel squirrel and a raccoon. Yeah, oh, they run around, they're running around Somerset like crazy. They're everywhere. Mm -hmm. I want one. So there you go. There's another thing I'll be purchasing. Yeah. Then we have the Silver Danian Werewolf Tracker. Actually, the Eleanor Ringtail will be available on all platforms for a limited time, August 16th to August 20th. Mark your calendars. And then there's the Silver Danian Werewolf Tracker. This This looks looks like a Great Dane wearing Caesar's skirt. (laughs) With armor. Got to include the armor so that doesn't sound so unappealing. uh, Armor head. Um, it's interesting. The werewolf that hunters means. of the Silver Dawn rely on the courage and keen noses of these great high rock hounds to help them track lycanthropes to their lairs. Are these the noblest of all Tamriel's canines? Could be. Actually, that makes them cooler now that they said they're from the Silver Dawn. So I'll give them that. The Silver Danian Werewolf Tracker will be available on all platforms with the launch of Wolf Hunter and Update 19, PC, Mac, August 13th, Xbox One, and PS4 on August 28th. You know what I see more when I look at this image than the dog? The one. Well, okay, yeah, that too. I'll give you that. Good call. But I see this house like that's back behind it, this whole like hall from, like especially the show Vikings, if you ever watch that. But, oh, and yeah. then if you look further in the back, you see two werewolves that have been chained up in jail cells oh blowing up the picture now that's awesome you know what i really want the more i see this kind of stuff and this is kind of off topic so just go with me for a second folks 
NPC animated NPCs packs for your homes. Animated oh, NPC packs. Oh yeah, having, they need to they need to happen. Having werewolves just like you know, just like this, even in your home, just have them jailed up. Whatever. Maybe you're a werewolf hunter. Maybe that's your shtick with your guy, your character, female, male, whatever. You know, that's what I see when I see this. I like werewolf hunters. I'm a fan. They're my fan. They're my friends. Yeah, you know, um, that's actually a really good idea. I think we probably talked about that before. Yeah, we um, about having some type of a animated NPC that you know you could talk to and stuff. Because I mean, for now, I got, I got my, um, my vendor and my Tithus. I just, you know. Yep. We need they're... we need to spice it up a little. I don't know. My only question is one: I don't know how that would affect the servers. I don't know if it would. You know, with the animations and all that. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to go off topic, but that's what yeah, I saw. When I saw. That's what we do, bro. That's what we're best at. That's true. Uh, then, last but not least, we have the prong eared Grimalkin. This is available on all platforms starting on August 30th. It says, quote, prong eared Grimalkins are widely regarded as having supernatural powers thanks to their ability to appear almost instantly when a container of cat food is opened. And to fit themselves into boxes that seem entirely too small for them. Uh, yes. Long story short, this is a cat. <laughs> it's a cat, and Cash will be buying the said cat. Um, if you remember when we did our Kajidi lore lesson, we did talk about how certain species of Kajit, the house cat version, and I forget what they were called, um, have magical powers. And I was like, I want one. Can we Apparently. can we stop here for a minute? Do you realize this cat has four ears? I do. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Little buddy. Uh, oh man, I just want to rub him under his chinny chin chin. Want to rub all four of those ears? Yep. I can purr. There you go. That is one hell of a crown store showcase. That is a yeah. That's probably the biggest showcase we've done here. So well done, team. You guys pumped out a lot of content for August. So. Everybody yep. can look forward really to that. Really furry and really horny. So, it's time for that lore lesson. Speaking oh, of, it's already time. Okay. Yeah, it's time. You gonna? Are you too hyped up on coffee? The coffee bean. No, That's I'm what I'm attributing buddy. this episode to. I'm always ready for lore. All right. Well, let me see the spell. All right. <sighs> Tighten up your boots, buddy. Here it comes. What'd you think of that? You know what? I think it was a little lackluster. I think it's getting better every week. <laughs> I think you're a dirty pirate. <laughs> Maybe I am. That's what I think. I think your breath smells like butt. Smells like rum. I think you need some butt gum. Butt gum? Yeah. Why don't you think about that for a little while while I talk about the aliens? All right. Enlighten me. I will. So, once again, we have talked about the uh, PV penis that we have. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was not planned. (laughs) That was not planned, bro. Oh. (laughs) That's one for the blooper reel. That was totally not planned. (laughs) 
Okay. How now, wanna, brown cow? I need to restart. Get, <laughs> get back on track. No, you know, I say we just roll with it because that's some good old fashioned stuff right there. Oh, oh. oh I'm in a glass case of emotion. Oh. All right. So, with the recent PvP event that it's... we've all gone in, don't you dare edit that out. That is gold. Leave it. So, uh, as everybody knows, we have been PvPing quite a bit lately uh, with the um, Mid-Year Mayhem event going on. So, the area that a lot of us are getting drawn to is Cyrodiil. And Cyrodiil has a lot of ties to the Aliens. And everywhere you go in Tamriel, there is something that you will run into that has an air of the aliens and their history. So I think uh, we thought this was a pretty appropriate time to talk about the aliens and let you know a little bit about them. The aliens are also known as the Heartland High Elves or the Wild Elves. And they were the first race ever to establish an empire in Tamriel. So even from the days before history was ever recorded, the aliens ruled the region of what we now call Cyrodiil. A little bit about their physical traits. Because the aliens are direct descendants of ancient Old Mary or the High Elves, they, they look like High Elves, essentially. Um, they possess the same traits of that type of ancestry. But the one thing that the aliens did have is that they spoke a little bit of a different dialect than the High Elves, and it was called the Aliadun. Uh, it's very similar to Old Mary's, but that's what the aliens spoke now they have a very rich history i know a lot of the stuff that we cover does have a rich history but the one thing that stuck out to me most is that the aliens as you will see are a little bit more douchey than the aldmer is that possible <laughs> it's totally possible and you're going to find out why i was actually like remember how i didn't like the slowed yeah Okay, so the aliens were incredibly resourceful and smart and unbelievably good at the arcane arts. But right. some of the crap they did, you're going to see. You'll see. Total yep. douchebaggery. So, the aliens, direct descendants of the ancient Old Mary. The origins of the aliens began in the Dawn era or the early Merithic era, as many Mer were departing from the Somerset Isles. So this was one of those splinter groups super, super early. We're talking Dawn, maybe Merithic era, that traveled away from the Somerset Isles in hopes of creating their, a new culture in new land. So those who became aliens, they, they started, they basically landed and started to uh, manifest as aliens in the central and southwest regions of Tamriel. Uh, most of the most of these pioneers actually left Somerset in order to escape again the strict old married regulations against the worship of Daedra, because these folks wanted to worship the Daedra. And then there were some other existing issues in the region at the time, uh, for the reason that they decided to bail. Hmm. But most of these pilgrims settled in the heartland of Cyrodiil itself, as documented by uh, the very well-known cartographer known as Topal the Pilot. Uh, far away from High Elven 
home and culture and influence, the new alienated culture really started to thrive. So one thing that was commonplace was Daedric worship. Um, the Aeliads, that was already in place in the areas before the Aeliads arrived. But once they arrived, they followed suit. So instead of these Daedric cults being looked down upon, the Aeliads were one of the main reasons that this form of a religion, religion became very celebrated in the region. Hmm. So even like the worst of the Daedric princes became revered after they started to be endorsed by Aeliad kings and political figures once they started to... Um, establish their empire. So the Aeliads were actually known to strike pacts with the Daedra in order to benefit their way of life. Many of them sought um, like power, blessings, among other things. They worked with the Daedra to conquer their enemies and extend their rule. And then eventually the Aeliads dominated and enslaved the human race in Cyrodiil, especially the Nedic people. We talked about the Nedic people as um, when we talked about the Imperials as being um, a part of the base of the Imperial race, but they were humans. So the Aeliads actually, in their domination, enslaved the human race, including the Nedics. Um, and then slavery just became commonplace as the Aeliads gained um, almost complete control of Cyrodiil. So in Aeliad society, the Aeliads, like, they would frequently adorn themselves with feathers and magical beads. Um, like I said, they were also known as the wild elves, not necessarily like wood elves, but they were the wild elves, the Cyrodiil. Um, so they struck, or they stuck to more, many of them stuck to more uh, natural roots, um, barbaric roots. Uh, they had a, a very distinct fascination with the number eight, which is speculated to be attributed to the eight divines later created by the pantheon St. Alessia. So the aliens were not known to be a kind race. Instead of having a reputation as being arrogant, which they still were, um, they were very aggressive and warlike in nature. They all kept slaves. Um, the slaves were utilized in agriculture, construction, maintenance of their infrastructure, and then also for entertainment purposes. And this is where it gets kind of dark. The aliens were notoriously cruel to their slaves. They would go to great lengths to create these elaborate methods of torture and subjecting their slaves to it for some form of like a strange pleasure. Some of the worst methods of torture found in alien kingdoms um, were where the Daedric princes were worshipped. One such method that they used was called tiger sport. And that involved the immolation or burning of human children. Whoa dark yeah way too dark douchebags so what happens to them i'm actually kind of happy about right mm -hmm. uh-huh so with a reverence for high help for high elven religion the aliens believed that nern was composed of the four basic elements of earth water air and light they believed that the most powerful form was starlight and that the stars in the sky were the link between Mundus. And remember talking about Mundus. Mundus yep. is a plane of existence that encompasses Nern. And Aetherius, which we also talked about as the immortal plane of origin in all magic and the arcane arts. All takes place on, on Aetherius. So they thought that the starlight and the stars in the sky were the link between Mundus and Aetherius. 
So having this strong connection and affinity for the magical arts, the Aelids constructed Aelid wells across the landscape of Cyrodiil from um, ethereal fragments, particularly meteoric, uh, meteoric iron. So you've all seen Aelid wells strewn across the landscape, and they still survive. Many of the wells that still exist are used even still to replenish the magic energy of mages. So the meteoric glass was specially cut into a stone called the Welkin Stone. Welkin meaning, literally meaning sky children. And they were used as storage containers for this magical energy. The aliens had also discovered a way to store and release memories to the user of these stones. So actual memories being stored, not just power, but memories being stored within these stones. And then another type of stone of stone that was created by the Aelids are known as Varla stones. The word Varla itself means star in Aeliadun, and these stones, very similar to Welkin stones, were also crafted from meteoric glass or fragments of Aetherius that have fallen down to Nern in the form of shooting stars. Hmm. Varla stones, which you can remember from some of the other games, are mm -hmm. used to recharge all enchanted weapons in your inventory. Yeah. But the stone is destroyed in the process. So it sounds an awful lot like a soul stone to me. Yep. Yep. Um, and then many of these stones were contained in cages that must be opened before the stone could be used. Let's talk a little bit about Aelid Society. Aelid Society was comprised of several different kingdoms united under one empire. Now, this particular empire. The Aelid Empire lasted until about year 243 of the First Era when their champion, Umaril the Unfeathered, was killed and the White Gold Tower fell. Some interesting stuff. I got some cool fun facts in here. The Aelids were the original founders of the Imperial City in Cyrodiil, which they called the Temple of the Ancestors. The tower was built as a replica of the Adamantine Tower, remember up in High Rock, off the coast of High Rock, right. and housed actual crystallized blood from the heart of Lorcan in its founding stone. Whoa. Yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah. But because of their incredible douchebaggery and their enslavement... There was a major downfall of the aliens, and that came in the form of, we talked about this a little bit last week, that came in the form of the Alessian Slave Rebellion in um, the first era, year 242. And this was inspired, you know, Queen Alessia started this up, but this was inspired by the strength and unity of the Nords in the northern regions of Tamriel. So the rebellion was very perfectly timed. When the full assault of the rebellion was launched, a civil war was happening within the Aelid Empire, most likely due to like religious differences within the Aelid Empire. But they took advantage of this, and it further reinforced the Alessian offensive as rebel Aelid forces joined with Alessia and her cause. So they were bailing out, and were basically going, you know what, those guys are kind of douchebags. We're going to join up with you. And we're going to defeat them. So that's exactly what happened. Hmm. So further to that, the northern region of Skyrim came to Alessia's aid as they were fighting to free their enslaved relatives that were under alien control. 
Here's where something very interesting and very relevant to what we're doing in Cyrodiil right now with the Mid-Year Mayhem. Um, a lot of the achievements that you get speak of somebody named Pelinal Whitestrick, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So here's another little fun fact. It is said that entire settlements of aliens were slaughtered at the hand of Alessius, Alessius Champion by the name of Pelinal Whitestrick. Pelinal Whitestrick as you may remember, if you're taking part in the Mid-Year Mayhem, which coincidentally runs until August 6th, is also known as the Divine Crusader. He was an immortal hero, a legendary warrior, a sorcerer king. So far, he sounds like a freaking badass. He fought to uh, he fought a slave. Yes, he fought as slave queen Alessia's champion. But it was rumored that he was sent by Shore, which is the Nordic representation of the God Lorcan. To champion the cause of mankind and stop the elves from destroying it. Kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah. no kidding. I was like, that's some cool stuff. Now I know who that guy is. Yeah. So, after one year of conflict, the Alessian Slave Rebellion had reached the White Gold Tower and had completely conquered its defenses. Soon after that, the shift of power in Tamriel was won by men. They were able to overthrow the Alien Empire. The loss of the Empire, and in particular the loss of the White Gold Tower, was absolutely devastating for the Aliens. And um, the history books really emphasize the fact that this impact cannot be understated in the fall of the Aliens. Wow. The loss of the White Gold Tower marked the, marked the late Alien period, the beginning of the late Alien period. And the tower itself was actually transformed into the Imperial Palace by Alessia and her descendants. Hmm. So after conquering many of the outposts of the Aelids, Alessia outlawed the worship of Daedric princes in all of Cyrodiil and then focused on hunting down and eliminating any remaining Daedra-worshipping Aelids. So she was like on a mission, like, you guys are done. Hmm. Um, some of the Aelidic culture did survive, and resentment and disdain for the new form of government really manifested very, very quickly from the remaining Aelid nobles and politicians. This prompted the forming by, by Alessia. She formed the Alessian Order in the first era, year 361. So this became very widely known as a very powerful theocracy of the Alessian Empire. The Alessian Order, they started enforcing doctrines and set forth a foundation for like a new monotheistic influence in Tamriel that still remains today. And we know that influences the divines. So the enforcements of these new laws and the new doctrines did not require much force because by that time, the overwhelming power shift that had taken place over the Aelids like completely took the, the wind out of their sails. The remaining Aelids, they had no fight left in them. They were just completely overwhelmed. The ones that were left simply left the region of Cyrodiil, and a lot of them were absorbed into the elven populations of Valenwood and High Rock. Which brings my next fun fact. The Aelids may have had the last word in the struggle, and it depends on the interpretation of who you're talking to. The Aelids who left Cyrodiil and joined High Rock helped to strengthen the Dureni um, hegemony. Remember we talked about the Dureni hegemony? They were very, very powerful elven, uh, basically conclave in High Rock. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually, the Dureni 
crippled the Alessian Empire and initiated its fall from grace. And a lot of those were said to be fleeing aliens. Right. So they kind of got there, like, as they're running away, they're like, ah, I punch you back. Right. But, huh. yeah, very, very interesting about how they had their fall from grace. But it just goes to show that, that the the worse people are, the harder people fight to free themselves from it. You know? Yeah. yeah. I agree. So There's so, like... This this whole like so far they kind of remind me of the snow elves just cause, n- not not for the context but just the, the whole mysterious factor the lesser known kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely do, and they both ha- they both have some level of douchebaggery. I mean, imagine what the um, think about what the snow elves did to yeah. the Nords. Yeah, you know, and the, and the way that whole thing went down, and they were doing it so that they could retrieve a source of power from where the Nords were sleeping at night. Yeah, long story short, they killed all the Nords in a city. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I love playing an elf, but they got some jaded history. Sometimes it makes you wonder, like, if your stat wasn't as good as it was, would I be playing you right now? <laughs> yeah, I probably would. It's <laughs> terrible. Oh, so there's still a lot of questions about whether or not the aliens are still among modern Tamriel, or at least Tamriel as we live and play in ESO. Um, there is some possibility that the aliens still exist deep within the forests of Cyrodiil, but the last reported sightings of aliens in Tamriel was like over a thousand years ago. So um, it is possible that there still are wild elves, but there's absolutely zero confirmation that they still exist. I bet they're there. Expansion! Expansion! Yep. Uh, let's talk about some notable aliens. First, there is Hadul. Hadul is also known as the Fire King. He was an alien king of Sayatatar in Cyrodiil. He and his armies were undefeated until they faced P- uh, Pelinal Whitestrake and the rebellion of Imperial slaves at the Battle of Sayatatar. He was killed by Pelinal Whitestrake. Hmm. That name comes up again. Right? Yep. Then there's Umaril the Unfeathered, which we talked about. He was uh, an immortal sorcerer and one of the last alien kings to have survived the war with St. Alessia. He's the main antagonist of the Knights of the Nine expansion. That was from Elder Scrolls Oblivion. And the main enemy of Pelinal Whitestrake. Interesting. This next one blew my mind and expanded my horizons just a little bit. Okay. Interesting uh, alien character by the name of Captain Nim. He's an alien ghost located in Glacier Crawl. I'm going, that doesn't really sound familiar at all. Well, it turns out that Nim once captained an airship, now embedded within the glacier at Glacier Crawl. I'm thinking none of this sounds familiar, like even remotely. A little more research. Captain Nim appeared in the Elder Scrolls Travels Shadow Key. Interesting. I've never heard of it either. Yeah. I'm like, what? So yes, in 2004, there was a game by the name Elder Scrolls Travels Shadow Key released released for the Engage platform. What? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. 
The setting for the single-player multiplayer platform was Hammerfell, High Rock, and Skyrim. I went, what? I've never heard of that, like, ever. Maybe it's only because, like, five people played and had an engage. (laughs) It's kind of like the Dreamcast. I was one of those five, but... Yeah, I was also one of the five that had Dreamcast. But, (laughs) uh, dude, can you... I was like, what? I've never even heard of that. I kind of fancy myself an Elder Scrolls guy now. But holy crap. Mm. Elder Scrolls travels. Shadow Key. Wow. Pretty cool. Yep. I'm going to blow your mind. Are you ready? Oh, God. We... (laughs) What the... All right. We actually come in contact with an alien in Elder Scrolls Online. He goes... By the name of King Lelorian, the King Lelorian. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Now everybody knows who he is. Exactly you're, right. It's the pronunciation skills. The King Lelorian Dinar, and you come in contact with him in the main quest line. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Why don't I remember that he was an alien though? I don't know. That's what he's known as, the last king of the aliens. Yeah, I do remember that. Okay. Huh. Yep. All right. Well, Mine. Guess who's playing through the main quest line again? Yep. Not me. Dumb dumb head that forgot it. Yeah. Dumb dumb poopy head. Yep. So anyway, that is the lore lesson on the aliens. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. That was great. Well done, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Well done. And hey! I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Thank you, good sir. Appreciate it. All right. Well, it's that time again, everybody. Mail time. You guys send the mail. We talk about it on the show. So, starting this off here, uh, Grim117 says, Hey guys, quick question on PvP. Is it worth reviving somebody? I'm just not sure if it's a better option letting them respawn with full resources versus reviving and they respawn with what they had left when they had died. Thanks. Love the show. Grim. Hmm. Hmm. Good question. This is a good question. And I don't know that I have a definitive answer. I'm going to say situation dictates. I was going to say, I think it's very situational. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, I personally would rather respawn than be revived. Because of the whole resource thing. Because, yeah. You when you come back, you come back as if you just you know what what was what you had left when you died. So sometimes it's next to nothing, and you get respawned in a fight where you can't aid at all, and your team ends up dying because they focused on reviving you instead of pushing back the enemy. Yes, however, if you have pots that you can pop as soon as you, good point. Say you're an Argonian, and you know you have that racial trait. If you revive and then pop a pot as soon as possible and then, you know, say roll out of it to where you can heal full, mm-hmm. it's not a bad idea because sometimes in some of those, well, in all of them, if the fight is very far away from where you're at and you're at a clutch point, um, it's not a bad idea to be brought up quickly if you can, if you can do so. Now, I will say this. In PvP... You may either waste a stone or waste your time if you try and revive somebody too late. 
Yeah. Because they're already going, you know, maybe their timer's just about done and then you start to revive them. Well, it's going to take you a few seconds to revive them. So they may respawn back at base before you're able to get them back up. So what I would do is just gauge it. Did you see them go down? And do you have an immediate opportunity to bring them up? If you do, probably worth it. Especially, like, if you have a tanky Healy guy next to you who can give you, you know, pop a few uh, AoE heals or something as soon as you come up, then it'd be very worth it. Okay. I could see that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, but if it's late in the game, just let him respawn. (laughs) Yeah, because you are burning one of your your soul stones. Yeah. That and, quite frankly, your other teammates probably could use the DPS that you could put out. Or heals, depending on what you're playing. Yeah, true. Yeah, whatever. True. So there's that. Thanks, Grim. Appreciate it. Um, next one, last one actually of the day, is from Pamela. She says, Hello, Pamela. I know you haven't covered vampires yet on the show. Hmm. We haven't covered vampires yet? No, jeez. I can only do one a week. Hmm. All right. Well, okay, yeah. I'll get to work on it right away. Right. Jeez. Mm hmm. But lore based. <laughs> okay, let me re- let me redo this now. I know you haven't covered vampires yet on the show, but what is your lore based point of view? Which is this is a little autocorrect. I don't know. I don't know what this is. Uh, which is stronger, a vampire or a werewolf? Thanks. Hmm. From a lore based point of view. Oh, okay, oh, that's yeah. Lore based point of view. Wow. That's tough, because I feel like it's situational. Well, it says which is stronger. Okay, so strength-wise? Yeah, maybe strength-wise, if we're taking it from a literal sense. Hmm. Um, But if you're talking which one could kill you faster, I got a little experience (laughs) in that realm. So I'm going to emphatically say the werewolf. The stinking dog man kills me faster than pretty much anything out there. And then he eats my guts and he gets stronger. Okay. Yeah. That's end game. Oh. Exactly. That's where my head's at. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard question. Mm-hmm. Lore based. Maybe that, maybe this question is, because we've already covered the werewolves. Mm-hmm. And her scene. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to now cover the vampires before we could really give this a good educated hmm. lore pinion. I just created that word. Lore pinion. Yeah. Well done. On this. Um, right now I'm leaning towards werewolves, but I don't have any werewolf you know characters either. Let's uh, let's put a pin in this and we will Pamela we will uh, Pamela we will answer this. On the episode that we do the vampire lore lesson, we'll come back to this question. Is that fair, Cash? I, I, fair. I like, as a caveat here, vampires are immortal. It's true. And I don't believe that werewolves are. They can't be killed with a bullet. Yeah. Well, there's the whole steak, garlic, you know, all that. But Steak and garlic? Damn, that sounds good. <laughs> right? Man, she says steak. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, for sending in your emails. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to episode three. This was the Lore Seekers podcast, and we couldn't be happier to have you. We hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this episode, and you haven't done this yet already, 
If you're using iTunes, head on over to iTunes. Give us a review. For every five-star review, we give you all some love on the show. Speaking of, we have one here. Jay Hall 0329 says, The content these guys put out is top-notch for new and veteran players. A must-listen for any ESO fan. Also funny as heck to listen to at half speed. Seriously, try. <laughs> Jay Hall, are you smoking funny cigarettes? <laughs> Fun fact, I did it. Just to see if it was as funny as he says it was. And he is correct. We sound completely hammered. Oh my God, let's do this. We may need to do that as a segment on the show. Oh my God. That is yeah. so funny. Yeah, like like us, like high on moon sugar or something. Yeah, except it's all literally from past episodes. We take a clip, drop it to half speed, and we listen. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh man. Anyway, good idea, Jay Hall. Thanks so much for the uh, for the Thank review. You. Appreciate it. You can always email us loresecretspodcast at gmail dot com. You can also do it by just visiting loresecretspodcast.com. and at the bottom of the homepage, there's a form. Sends it right to our email box. You can do that. What we do want to see is more voicemails. You guys love to email. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your vocals, man. You call well, you've got to say the number at half you've speed. You've got to leave. <laughs> okay. you got to leave your voicemail with us at 765-382-6961. Oh, you did so good. I'm I so did so good. Uh, Cash, we have a guild. We talk about it all the time. We do, we do. Come join us at the Lore Seekers Guild if you don't have a place to play. Don't be shy. Honestly, we have lots of people coming in that do not play with others, and they haven't, and they've been playing the game for quite a long time. Just come in and play with some friends. We're super friendly people. We don't judge. I don't nope. care if you don't know jack squat about this game. Come in and let us. Or you can't pronounce things. Yes. Come in and let us teach you because that is. We love doing that. That's what makes the ESO community amazing is we get rid of the trolls. We haven't had to get rid of any trolls, but we want to help people. So if you want to come in and learn, come on in. We've been more than happy to help you. And yeah, I'm so proud of our freaking guild. It's so amazing. So anyway, go to the loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. Download Discord if you don't already have it. Join our Discord server you're going to have a couple of channels that you're able to see. Go into the slash apply channel or into the uh, apply to guild channel and hit forward slash apply and a little uh, application will pop up. Fill out the application. We'll get a notice. We'll join you or we'll uh, bring you into Discord. And then whatever platform you're on, Xbox, PS4 or PC, we'll get you an invite to the in-game guild. Um, yeah. Come join us. Yep. Nailed it. Um, I agree. <laughs> it's like the the great things of the ESO community just came right over to our guild. I love all the members. They're fantastic. We love to yep. hang out and chat with you, so feel free to join up. Uh, you can find the show wherever podcasts are available. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the good stuff. Wherever podcasts are there for free, we are there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, myself, at JibsIRL, Cash, at ModCash with a K, and most importantly, the show at Lore Seekers Cast. Other than that, Cash, we are done. Yes, we are. Everybody have a great week in gaming. Stay safe. Take care. Hey. And uh, wubba lubba dub dub. Dilly dilly. Dude.
What was that noise? What noise? Turdos, 31st of Sun's Height, 2E584. We made it to the western outskirts of Syringa, an arid region of low rock outcroppings, scattered trees, and Kanjidi dwellings. We were staying away from the roads, for the most part reminiscing about the delve at Sphinx Moth, when Cassius Guar was hacking up a lung, so we decided to make camp early and rest up. The journey south was certainly making it tough on our mounts. We set out our skins and made a fire to roast a mountain goat Cash's matriarch had snagged at dusk. It was no elk, but hey, I mean, it was meat and we were hungry. We were discussing whether or not to set out a portable Kajiti loft we had snagged from a road merchant when we heard some pebbles drop from the rocks above. In an instant, we both sprung into a ready position, staves out, lightning crackling at their tips, facing the direction of the foreign sound. Without prompting, my bear companion, Dirge, sprinted up the path to the rock face above us. Cash is familiar, not far behind. Cash and I hurried behind them, but couldn't keep up with their sprint. I could hear Cash summoning his matriarch as he deftly leapt up the rock face. Before we even got there, we heard the sound of swords unsheathing and dirge let loose with a gut-wrenching roar, the kind he delivers just before he leaps for an enemy's throat. We crested the top of the outcropping to witness my loyal bear on top of a bandit and Cassius Familiar holding another in a statue-like pose in midair, engulfed in lightning. We could see a third bandit writhing in pain in the dirt, guarding the stump of a severed hand. Our companions had certainly put in some quick work before we even got there. We quickly called off our summoned friends, and they immediately obeyed. The bandit under my bear was done for. His throat had been violently ripped out, exposing the bloodied cartilage underneath, and he was choking on his own spurting blood. The electrified bandit, being suspended by Cash's volatile familiar, dropped to the ground in a smoking heap of charred flesh, Arcs of electricity still surging through him as they found their path to the ground. He was done. We both approached the man still rolling in the dust, looking for his departed paw. Pale, yet fierce in appearance, this was no bandit. He was a red guard. Dressed in traditional Yakutan garb, Cash and I both looked at each other and immediately knew. These were not your run-of-the-mill road bandits. These were Elk or Bazram's men. We both immediately scanned the area for additional threats, and as if on cue, directed our companions to scout the area. Then we approached the assassin who still drew breath. Bazram send you? How many more? Cash said quietly, quite composed. I don't know what you're talking about, Louch. The assassin spat. Knowing he was playing dumb, I wound my staff and drove it into the man's midsection, prompting a wincing thud. I said, are you with Basaram, and how many more? Cash repeated angrily. The assassin still on his back and in pain scoffed. If you think I'm going to mutter a single word to help you, you're sadly mistaken. I figured as much, I said. 
Flipping the business into my staff downward, I charged up a light attack and let it simmer and crackle. Mere inches from the man's face. Are you sure you don't want to answer my question? The man stared at me, with a calmness I had never seen in a man about to die. It was as if he was ready to accept his fate. Very well then, I said, as I let loose with a short burst of lightning from my staff, ending the man's pain. Although a search for more assassins netted no result, we managed to find a light travel pack on each man and search them thoroughly. One was charged so badly, the contents were unrecognizable. However, the man with no throat carried a scroll. We unwrapped the hastily written parchment, and it read, Reaper's March. The first team to bring me their heads will be handsomely rewarded. E. It was Elker, all right. Less than a week on the move, and he had already found us. The stakes of this game had just gone up a notch. <laughs>